inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining this show. After a long time, we will have two guests in the same interview, and both are coming from Finland, where I'm also here based. They have just released a very interesting book, which the title translated to English is approximately the best speech of your life. So I'll just start introducing my guests. My first guest is Una Lehtipu. She's a communications and media professional with extensive experience in international communication, media, investing, and corporate responsibility issues. Currently CEO of the communications agency Framila Finland. She's also a journalist and author of seven non-fiction books and a keynote speaker. My second guest is Antti Mustakallio. He is a public speaking coach, one of Finland's few professional speech writers and a media commentator on persuasive communication. He is also the brains behind the annual Summer School of Rhetoric Conference, Rhetorican Kesakoulu, featuring some of the world's most influential speechwriters and other international experts on persuasive communication. Welcome, Una. Welcome, Antti. Thank you. Thank nice you to very be much. here. Yeah. yeah, this is great. It's a pleasure talking with you, and I'm, I'm really happy and very intrigued to hear about your book, Well, very, very nice that you sent me the book. I, I browse a little bit. I, I understand some Finnish, but I cannot read everything. So, uh, and I know some other people who, who know you and uh, who don't speak fi uh, Finnish would like to hear something about this story, this adventure, this, this fabulous book that you just released, uh, El Amasi Paraspuje, The Best Speech of Your Life. So please, uh, if each of you can, Tell us shortly your journeys to this world of speeches and public speaking. Okay, who would start? Um, okay, so to start with, I have to say that I was a really shy child, but I was pretty good a writer and storyteller. Mm -hmm. And already when I was maybe 10 or 11 years, so my essays were maybe 20, 30 pages wow. long. So writing was my channel to encourage and train myself to express my ideas already before speaking. And still, I would say that normally I feel more confident in writing down my ideas before speaking them out. And now, as you already mentioned, so I've published seven books and one more to come this, this spring. But the next really big step to public speaking was... Um, to start working as a journalist, later as a talk show host and special news presenter, which I think was a huge step out of shyness. Half a million of people or even more mm. watching my performance in a live show. And from that experience, I find it easy to train people or I can say that I feel the anxiety, I feel the pain, so to say. And now since 2000. I worked as a communications advisor and trainer, both part-time beside my journalist work and last four years as a CEO for Framilla, so where I help business people, organizations, people, politicians and bishops in the communicational 
challenges. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's it stems from my own experience. So how can can you become more visible or better heard in your life with your message? Well, my story doesn't start from my childhood, but from those years when I was in my 20s, a young man. Mm -hmm. I studied theology at the University of Helsinki. And to be more precise, I specialized in New Testament studies. And what really fascinated me was that many New Testament documents uh, are actually speeches. Okay. Now, I'm especially talking about epistles or letters in the New Testament, which are, in essence, speeches. And I was really interested in the ways speeches were composed in that time and that environment, which means Eastern Mediterranean in late Hellenistic times 2,000 years ago. And through studying that, I found classical rhetoric which basically deals with how to make speeches as persuasive and influential as possible. Uh, I even spent some time at the university doing research on these issues after my graduation and finally ended up in a surprising job. I became a theological assistant to the Lutheran Bishop of Helsinki. One part of that job was writing drafts Mm -hmm. of essays and lectures for him. They were not speeches, but came rather close to it. And this was my first touch uh, to writing speeches to other people. Uh, I had this job for a couple of years, and then I was in a situation where I had to decide what to do next. I asked myself two questions. First, where am I good at? And then the second question, what really fascinates me. Mm -hmm. I thought that I'm pretty good at teaching and I'm really fascinated by rhetoric and speeches. So rather soon after I started as an entrepreneur, I organized the first summer school of rhetoric conference, which is an annual event here in Finland, centering on public speaking and persuasive communication. And still a bit later, I launched my speech writing services. Speech writing is virtually a non-existing profession here, but I thought that someone must be the pioneer <laughs> in this field. So that was the not so short story about how I became a public speaking instructor and coach. <laughs> yeah, both very, very fascinating stories. <laughs> And in the book, we've kind of joined together, come together with the different background. And I think it's been really helpful So to put them together because we, we serve different kind of audiences. Yeah. And now, of course, we also collab collaborate on these issues and training. Mm -hmm. We are both members of European uh, Speechwriter Network. And Una has participated many times in the Summer School of Rhetoric. So... Warmly recommend are, yeah. to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a lot of like, like uh, presenters in uh, presentations in English as well, so it's easy to follow. Yes. Yes, and Avid once I, I can absolutely agree. It's, a, it's a, an excellent event, uh, the Summer School of Rhetoric that uh, Anti organizes every June, not normally, right? In normally, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, and now that you mentioned. Um, 
you cross your path at some moments. So since when you were collaborating together and when came the idea of, um, so how, how long ago came idea of, let's, let's make this book together? It was Una's idea, so you can tell. <laughs> mm. It came up maybe a year ago, mm. pretty much exactly a year ago. Uh, so, but of course, so it's, I, I guess both of us have had it in mind for a longer period because that's what we do. And sometimes it's good to write down what you are doing or in that way spread so-called wisdom of teaching to many people. Uh, so then we contacted the publishing house Alma Talent, which I know already from before I've uh, written some books on investing to them. So I had a good connection there and they totally agreed with us that it would be good timing and needed to write such a book and then uh, that's the beginning of the story and mm -hmm. we'll see where it leads us and and when Una asked me to do this collaboration I was really happy because she has such a long career and such a strong background in in business rhetorics and business mm. speaking which which i i somehow lack but i had this uh, you know university background about rhetorics and 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 some speech writing knowledge so so i think we we both can can give our best things to that to that yeah. book feed each other so yeah. both, mm -hmm. like practice and theory comes together mm -hmm. in a nice way and We we haven't had any disagreements on these mm, okay. <laughs> on content. So wow. although we've come there from different parts, so yeah. we kind of found a common sound, a voice. Wow, well, that's that's great. So that's wow, that's how you you managed to, to you succeeded to to finish this book in well less than one year, as as, as I understand. It's yeah, good. thanks to Corona. So suddenly we had <laughs> some extra time. <laughs> so I was a bit worried last last spring that how can i find the time to yeah. write these but yeah life had a solution i know and, and naturally when you when you uh teach and coach and instruct so much one theme you know it so thoroughly mm. that you just write yeah. it down yes. and it doesn't take that much time yeah it's there already exactly. so you just have to write it down Excellent. So, so please let's let's start hearing about the book. Please tell us um, a bit the the core ideas of the book. So, tell us, tell us please. Oh, first tell us a bit um, who is what is the audience uh, that is mostly in in your mind when you when you design the, this book, you plan this book. Well, if I if I think about our world now, it becomes more and more digitalized all the time. But I think it doesn't seem to undermine the importance of persuasive public speaking. The opposite seems to be the case. More digitalization means more points of contact between people, which means more opportunities for people to interact. And it seems that live meetings and events aren't dead either. It seems that we want them even more now, especially because of Corona pandemics and the restrictions. So uh, there is a need among various professionals, ranging, ranging from leaders 
to experts and sales representatives to be able to use those precious minutes they can say something as efficiently as possible. So I think this book is written for, for this kind of growing need, especially in Finland, where, where we don't have so many public speaking books. Yeah, I think it applies to everybody because there are like business speeches, political speeches, well covered, but also like uh, wedding speeches mm-hmm. or birthday speeches. So big selection of different kind of models and examples to copy. But in these times, I think with Teams and Zoom, so it's even more critical to focus on building up a good presentation or a speech because people easily lose their interest online, uh, to put it in more concrete terms, so they easily switch to their mobile devices Mm -hmm. or yellow paper sites if the speaker doesn't succeed to entertain or keep this message interesting enough. So I think that would be a total waste of time and money. So I actually made a calculation the other day that if, for example, there would be a presentation lasting an hour and 100 people listening to that, uh, and it would be a waste of time. Nobody would remember what the speaker said, or it wouldn't interest them enough. So it means 100 working hours, which are lost, meaning Mm. three weeks lost work for one person. And if it was six-hour seminar and 500 people listening, so that would make Mm. 81 working weeks. So I don't think any company could afford mm. doing that. So we really should put more more pressure and maybe more uh, demands on good speaking in general, both in companies, organizations, but also at family parties if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those numbers don't don't lie. It's, it's, it's reality. Mm. Super important in business, definitely. But when it comes to to the core ideas of of our book, mm-hmm. uh, well, first of all, our approach to persuasive public speaking in this book mm-hmm. it is a basically a mixture of ideas coming from both classical rhetoric and modern psychological observations. An experience. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> experience of 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 different speakers and. Classical rhetoric, I think it's it's a very good basis because because in ancient Greece and Rome, rhetoricians put a lot of effort into finding out the key to successful speeches, and and many of those findings ho- still hold water in our days. However, now we live in a completely different culture, so it would be a mistake to rely on ancient insights alone. Mm-hmm. The the our book is pretty substantial, like like Una just said. There is a lot of stuff, which which means that we deal with many issues and phenomena related to public speaking. But there are some themes which get special treatment, and I think one of them is how a speaker can build a trusting relationship with his or her audience, and, and we think that this is the single most important issue in in rhetoric and we are I, we are not alone in this because aristotle the philosopher was of the same opinion too in his old book rhetoric 
as, as we know, he famously defined the three modes of persuasion, ethos, pathos, and logos. And of those three, he valued ethos most. Ethos means the speaker's trustworthiness and credibility. So how the, how the audience sees the speaker. And strong ethos is really the key that's, that opens the channel between the audience and the speaker and makes it possible that the speech can have a desired effect. And in the book, we actually emphasize quite a bit this psychological side of speaking because it both applies to your audience, but also to your mindset or your inner critic. Because speaking takes courage. How brave you are to take stand or status in front of people. And, and it requires that you know yourself pretty well. You find your true essence as a speaker, your strengths and weaknesses. So it's not just like following some models or some technical things. It's also how you handle your mind and audience's mind. And this, this is closely connected to the ethos, as, as mm-hmm. Ante just said. And, and the funny thing is that that also, if we are talking about Aristotle still, he had a, a kind of psychological insights uh, into this thing too, because because he, he thought that this ethos has three elements, which, which, uh, which one of them is that uh, the speaker has to show some skills, I mean some expertise. Mm-hmm. He or she has to be a specialist or an expert on the topic. The ex- expertise can, can mean experience or fo- more formal studies. But in a way, the audience must realize that, hey, this speaker knows something about uh, the things he or she is talking about. But, but there are other, other, other elements too. The second element is that speaker must show that, the, uh, that he or she wants to contribute to the cause of the audience. The, the speaker doesn't seek his or her own advantage, but helps the audience to reach their important goals. And then there is the third element, which is care. The speaker must show that he or she cares for the audience. Those who listen must feel that the speaker is here to serve them, that he or she has invested time and prepared well for them. This care element means also that the speaker must concentrate on the audience when speaking, looking at them and smiling to them. They are, they are both very important in showing that you care. And what we easily forget, especially in Finland, because we have this kind of like engineering culture in communication that that speech is energy. It's energy from the speaker to audience. So it can't be delivered only in words or characters. It's your personal power, your charisma, your your ethos. So uh, it's, uh, it's a relationship with the audience which you create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, explaining this, the, the ethos, 
that that sometimes when we talk about uh, ethos logos and, and pathos um, most people don't explain too much the ethos side and yeah yeah you you explain pretty pretty interestingly and linked to this the trust that is a word that we hear very often today and for good reasons uh, trust uh, not only as a speaker as a person but also as a as as an organization no uh, so uh, yeah definitely that's super super interesting in the world of politics we know pretty well that uh, many times it is only the trust you need i mean mm. people people believe those politicians uh, which they think are are the best i mean and if they hate some other politicians even when they are speaking logically and mm. they, they have a good case people don't people who hate them don't want to get anything from them because there is no trust mm -hmm. so trust is uh, one of the um the core um ideas that are explained in, in the book uh, you also mentioned the for the, the classics uh, the, the classic of, uh, of rhetoric public speaking um you also mentioned the social no? the social social speeches um, why, why did you uh, include, for instance, so, uh, a section about social speeches, like uh, weddings or uh, personal speeches? They are the best speeches in the world because they are personal, they are touching, they make you cry and shout and smile. So that's a mastery class of speech. And so, of course, they should be included there as well. But we, and, and, of course... Uh, Many times they are the most personal speeches where you really can take benefit from your personality or use your ethos in a good way. And some of that should be should be transferred to business speeches as well. Mm -hmm. The gravity uh, the or the courage in in your expression that we normally see in in more like personal social speeches. If we think think about ordinary people, the 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 kind of speech they face in their life if they have to have to or if they get to speak somewhere is usually a, a, some kind of social speech in weddings mm -hmm. at birthday parties or or uh, the, the, this this kind of speeches so of course we wanted to say something about them too mm -hmm. yeah and it's, it's, it's also a gift so uh, I have four children and we have this tradition in the families that, that every time they have a birthday, so we give a speech, wow. but it's also a written speech as a memory because not a seven years old boy necessarily would appreciate mom speaking at his birthday party <laughs> later in life when he gets it mm. as a printed copy. So there might be something essential about values of the family, about him as a person being said so i think it's a valuable gift so uh, that's why people should pay more attention to those speeches as well yeah it sounds nice actually that you have this tra uh, family tradition and actually I think that's a great tip for mm. everybody who who doesn't know what to what to give as a birthday present mm. there you, you you follow una's lead and and give give them a speech you can print it on a really beautiful paper mm, and put it yes. in a beautiful box. So it's yeah. it's uh, it's a uh, one million gift. Yes. It's a great, great gift. Mm. Great idea, great gift, as you said. Mm. 
Nice. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. no, I ask about the the social species because actually most uh, something, not not many coaches or experts talk about too much about social species, and it's uh, yeah, it's there are not so many opportunities to learn about that. So it's it's fantastic that you have added this on your on your book. Um, you would like to say something else about the the your book, some the the core elements, so I can ask you also more specific things that I I notice. Well, the book contains, like uh, Una told, uh, it, it has many suggestions of speech structures for different kinds of speeches. And, of course, we introduce many rhetorical tools and devices, mm -hmm. such as the rule of three, and mm -hmm. the thesis, and alliteration, and many others too. They are really simple. They work fine. In speeches, but still many people are unaware of them. But I think they don't remain unaware after reading our book. Mm. Yeah, there's many like practical things, and as said, so we also focus on building the trust. And people many times think that professional communication would mean that you should leave your personal personality at the door, and but that's not correct. Mm -hmm. So yeah. instead you, you should use it to bring ideas to life and really connect with people. And too many times we build trust on facts, numbers, figures, and oversee the power of human mediator for the speech. And one of the main messages is, is as well that speaking is a service function. Speaker is a servant to his or her audience. And that's a really important task and duty. And we also realize that just reading one book doesn't make you a master speaker. So this is a the, there is a long road ahead. And at the end part of the book, we we give instruction as to how how grow how to grow as a speaker, how to how to become better in the years ahead. And talking about books, especially, so what's a common nominator for most good speakers is that they read a lot, they study a lot, mm -hmm. they listen to speeches, they are well informed, they uh, they have a very wide scope of uh, the world or things happening around them. So you can use everything in your life as a material in the speeches, and that makes you more interesting than just focusing on your very very narrow, specific field you are working on. It could be poetry, it could be novels, it could be philosophy, it mm -hmm. could be anything or your uh, your everyday experiences you can include in your most powerful speeches. So you can you can say that that uh, great speakers are often also great students of mm. life. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well said. Yes, yes, definitely. Like, yeah, as, as you mentioned, uh, that uh, I have seen on your on your book that uh, you have these uh, rhetorical tools, but put in a in a simple way. Of course, not going to the very complex, but it is the the simple one. I find some examples here. One that caught my attention and already a few months ago that uh, the that was used by the UK government. You no, know, that stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. You no, know, this is. Um, that was definitely well, well done. Then you mentioned also in the book uh, 
that the metaphors of, of war were used a lot in this since the beginning of this pandemic. So I would like to hear from you some of the most interesting speeches or of use of rhetoric speeches in these last two months. Well, you mentioned the pandemic speeches, and that's true. Last spring, uh, many state leaders gave these kind of corona speeches, televised speeches. The coronavirus situation had turned out to be a very dangerous pandemic, which threatened people's health and safety. And for, for these reasons, countries, countries resorted to exceptional measures. Many restrictions were issued, which made it impossible for people to move and gather as they had used to do. In that situation, when life changed really much, many leaders gave televised speeches which more or less had the same structure, mm -hmm. the structure of the crisis speech. And in that book, we, we, we give a, a fine structure for crisis speech, which, which is, it, it, it isn't not our invention, mm -hmm. but, but it's from British speech writer Simon Lancaster, who, mm -hmm. who really coined a good acronym for a well-functioning crisis speech. It is FEAR, mm -hmm. F-E-A-R. F comes from the word facts. The leader must tell what we know of the situation. And it's, it's very important, especially in sudden and dramatic crises such as terrorist attacks. But it's also very imp important that the public learned about what the authorities know about this new virus. Then comes E, which means enemy. Mm -hmm. In a crisis situation, people are usually angry and leaders must know that if they don't deal with this anger there is a real danger that uh, this anger might be aimed at them mm -hmm. so in terrorist attacks it's it's fairly clear who the enemy is it's the terrorists but the enemy doesn't have to be human it can also be some abstract thing such as uh, problematic attitudes or greediness or bureaucracy. But anyway, the speaker should name what causes problems. Then we have this A. A is for actions. In crisis situations, people are often worried about the state of the society. Does it, does it work anymore? Are the authorities doing their job? Are things under control still? And because of this, It is important that the speaker tells what the authorities are already doing and what kind of actions are to be expected. And then there is the last letter, which is R. It comes from reward. Often, times of crisis demand patience and endurance. It is important to motivate people so that they are willing to show these traits. <laughs> and, and a good way to motivate them is to give them a promise. If we get through this, a better future will wait us all. And this is what Queen Elizabeth did when she said in her, her, in her speech, we will be with our friends again, 
we will be with our families again, we will meet again. So there was a motivation, a reward, what will happen if we have endurance. So, so these, uh, I think, I think those, those speeches were all quite good and they followed more or less this structure, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a good thing to keep in your mind if you have to give a crisis speech. Mm-hmm. So there were yeah. many of these crisis speeches in the, in the last month, oh, for obvious reasons, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would like to take up some uh, women, because uh, mm-hmm. as a female person, I'm really happy that there are more female speakers in power right now. If we look at Europe, for example, so it's, it's basically led by women, Lagarde, von der Leyen, mm-hmm. and before Merkel. So we get a really good example of female speakers. And of course, Harris in the States. And her victory speech was really energizing and people were hurraying in the social media and he's, he, she's radiating as a speaker. So I think she will make a good example as a speaker and it's really witty in, in her words as well. So um, right now, so this is an interesting, interesting world to follow and see how the speeches evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, one speech that comes in my mind now is the speech on YouTube that Arnold Schwarzenegger gave after the insurrection in, in the US capital. Mm-hmm. And I think... That, that is a very good example of a speech with a strong personal touch because Schwarzenegger, he spoke from his experience. He, he told a lot of stories from, from his childhood and in a, in a way gave new knowledge to, to the audience about, about him and his his experiences and and even his family so so i th- i think that was very good yeah that was a good one i, I watched it also but uh, there are many that you you're mentioning and i and i i, I saw them reading on your book that i still haven't so definitely there have to watch them some of them there have been uh, very good speeches of course in in the last 12 months And coming to, to Finland, as I have the opportunity to, to interview right now two experts from Finland, I would like to hear something from Finland. Some, if you can tell me some speeches in particular or some speakers from Finland that, yeah, to know a bit more. <laughs> Prime Minister was just a cover page girl on the Time magazine. So people might know her already by now outside Finland as well. And Uh, she's been pretty good as a speaker, very very fluent, very clear in her messaging, not necessarily so much uh, uh, as, a, as a leader or a spiritual leader. And that's also expected from a big statesman or statewoman. So uh, it's interesting to see how she's developing throughout her career now. She, she's very young. Mm-hmm. So what have been her strengths so far? So Sanna Marin, particularly clarity, definitely, and yeah. yeah. What would you say, Auntie? Well, well, well. I, I, I was really thinking, thinking about Sanna Marin too, because well, 
she was just on a cover of Time magazine. And, and I think she is a good example of a speaker who has this particular strength in, in certain speaking situations. Uh, and and I, I especially, I mean, uh, those situations where she gives official announcements mm-hmm. and, and reports what the authorities have done during the time of pandemic, because she's, she's very good in wording her messages so that they are very clear, mm-hmm. they are very logical, and thus they are very convincing. People don't have to wonder what she really meant <laughs> or what is the main message. And she's, she's so good at this that that even when she's, she's, she's not a, I, I don't think she's a, she's a great political speaker in a way that, for example, I don't re- remember any of her speeches in, in political rallies, but, mm. but he, she has this, this one specific strength which I think makes her a good speaker. Yes, she hasn't given any like emotional speeches mm. or like mm. raising emotions in audience. So maybe we'll see mm-hmm. some of them as well in future. But, but I think this is a good lesson for, for us all that you don't have to be so great in, mm. in, in all of the areas of mm. public speaking. It, it, it is enough that you master some of them. Yes. Yeah. Find your own strengths and yeah. focus yeah, on exactly. them and master, become master on them specifically. So then you can shine. <laughs> yeah, great example. Yeah, th- thanks, for, thanks for that. Could you now share with us what are your favorite quotations? Well, my quotation surprisingly comes from the ancient times it, <laughs> it's from it's it's quite well known it's it comes from marcus porcius cato or cato the elder mm-hmm. who was a statesman in in rome he gave a succinct definition of an ideal speaker and in latin it goes like this vir bonus dicendi peritus it translates as a good man who is a seasoned speaker or, or skilled speaker. Nowadays, the speaker, of course, can, can also be a woman. But the main, main point is this. If the speaker is not a morally good person, we can hardly call him or her a really good speaker. Mm. A good speaker is someone who aims to serve other people not his or her own selfish mm. interests. And I think this is important lesson. Really, yeah, definitely. And I'd like to finish with a quote from Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. and it applies to speeches, but it also applies to anything we do in life and how we meet or connect with people. And it goes, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. <laughs> could you now, um, from all the books that you, I know you read, <laughs> could you re- uh, recommend us one book has has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? 
Well, I have I have one one in my mind, and uh, probably someone has mentioned this book in your podcasts before. But I I do it again. Mm-hmm. It is the book made to stick by Chip and Dan Heath, mm-hmm. and I think it is the best book on public speaking without being a public speaking book. Yeah, yeah. The author studied why some ideas live on for decades or centuries. Why don't they die away? What makes mm. them so sticky? And they found six principles which we all speech writers and speakers can take into account and apply to our own speeches to make them more memorable. And you have to read the book to learn what mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. I read it before. I absolutely recommend it as well. Una, do you have uh, some book in mind? I don't have any specific. I keep reading a lot all the time, so it's difficult to take up. But <laughs> I would prob- probably just encourage people to, when reading novels, for example, mm-hmm. to underline good sentences. Pick sentences from every book, uh, every reading you do in your notebook, in your black notebook on your laptop, and use them when speaking because... Uh, they are good material, so any book could be good to your own speeches for future. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Definitely, great advice to um, take notes so you remember the the good uh, phrases and, and also to enrich mm. your vocabulary. Uh, so, finally, the last question for you is: um, if you can share with us uh, some some practical advice that we can do regularly, a routine to shine. Well, I have ad- advice, but this is this is not um, uh, this is this is this is more like a rule for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end part of our book, we we give one idea that that to become uh, one way of becoming a better public speaker is to learn to like people. To like other people, mm-hmm. because if 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 you are if you are able to like people, then then uh, people will notice it when you speak to them, and this this naturally builds your ethos very well. So uh, you you can practice this. Go to a cafeteria or to a restaurant or to some public public place and. Look at those people who who come in or who who pass you and think about their life and think about where they are good at. How how good husbands and wives they are, how good friends they probably are, what are their strengths, and and learn to think positively of people. And through doing this, you somehow might be better at uh, liking people and and through this you will become a better speaker i could pretty much share auntie's ideas here by pointing out that mm-hmm. i've written a lot about investing and personal finance and still i i'd say that the, the central learning for myself is that the people are the best investment you can mm-hmm. make in your life because people or how much you spend time with other people, uh, so the, the richer you feel yourself. 
And of course, it also applies to speaking because you can't shine uh, outside other people or alone. You need other people to be to be seen and to be heard. And that's why it's it's definitely important to keep keep meeting and contacting people to be able to shine. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you truly like other people, they will also like you. Mm-hmm. Which means that you don't have to so much look for places where you can sp- uh, give speeches. Because because people turn to you and ask you to speak. <laughs> because you shine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they see yes. it. And it makes you interesting and appealing. Yeah, absolutely agree with this final idea that both of you gave us and, and you agree on that. Excellent. Thanks a lot for that. And thanks for this very interesting interview. Please um Let us know uh, how people can find more about the work, what you are doing. You'll find me on my uh, company called Framilla Finland. Framilla Finland. And I mean, it's pretty easy to find on uh, online as well. There's no other people with my name. So I'm only <laughs> only one in the world with this name. So uh, please contact me if you want to ask or chat or connect. And I have a blog. Uh, the domain is sanahaltun.fi. And on Twitter, you you can find me as well. My handle is amustakallio, which is A-M-U-S-T-A-K-A-L-L-I-O. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, great talking with you and to everybody who... Who understand Finnish, you should definitely buy this book. Ella Masi Paras is, is excellent. And all the best to you, uh, Una and, and Auntie. Thank you. Great speeches to everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 